Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Move podcast brought to you each and every day this summer by Ketone IQ. We're talking about stage 18. Alain, what do we do? Stage 18. Moutier to Bourg-en-Bresse. Moutier to Bourg-en-Bresse. So good. It's so good. We were out mountain biking yesterday, uh, and uh, me and George and the head of HR, and we ran into another French guy on the top of a cozy line trail. Alex, the sommelier from Cash Cash. Yes. And I, looking good. and I was tempted to make like a, like a, um, an Alain competition video. And I'm, I, I have a feeling, look, this is quite a few French people in Aspen here. And you know, word is getting around like uh, this fucking Alain guy. He's every year, you know, I think the other French people uh, are jealous getting competitive, and probably, you know, mix it up like Alain, you can have the first week. Oof. Alex, you can have the second week. That might stir a couple feathers amongst I, the French. I know, group. I know, I know. I could see why that would appeal to French to live here for our listeners all over the world. This looks like a little French village. It does. To a degree. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more Swiss, but yeah. It's a lot more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is? You know what I do find uh, interesting is that Aspen has become such a summer destination, right? And in a lot of the places that we're see, you know, you see during the tour, both the Pyrenees. And the Alps, especially the Alps, you know, those are really winter destinations. Like you don't see, they're not real big summer towns like, well, like they are in the winter. Well, they started, they're starting to become, because they're, what are they doing? They're building mountain bike trails. trails. That way. Yeah. Turning that them that into that summer towns. Yes. That way. Fantastic stage win uh, by Casper Asgren saves the day for Quick Step. We've been talking about it. Uh, we'll break down all that action. But before we do... Today's show brought to you by AG1. It is our daily foundational nutrition supplement. Um, it's, it's, we start our day with it every day. Uh, it, it, for me, it's, um, I love how the founder really was initially in pursuit of better gut health. And I think all of us can really uh, think about this and use it. Um, and, and, as I, and as I track a lot of the folks out there uh, that really know what they're doing and really know how to quote unquote hack your health and your wellness and your longevity, folks like Peter Atia. Uh, Andrew Huberman, they are such huge fans of AG1. I kind of heard that and I was like, all right, that's enough for me. Uh, so it, it is uh, truly a, a game changer for me. And by the way, I was just, uh, I was just drinking it um, and, and it tastes damn good. Uh, I, you know, it's one of these things you drink and you're like, all right, I'll take control of my health. I like that. you don't need a blender to whip it up. No. It's just quick shake no. and you're good to go. That's right. Uh, 75 high-quality ingredients that give us key daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity, all for less than 3 bucks a day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D, which yours truly is super low in vitamin D. I still don't understand why. I'm outside all the time, but I'm hammering the vitamin D that they sent me. Plus 10 free AG1 travel packs. You can do the math on that. Uh, 10 free travel packs. Um, head on over to drinkag1.com slash the move. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash the move. Also today brought to you by Roka, who has completely invented a new class of eyewear. Glasses optimized for performance and also look sick on the casual side and also um, uh, on the prescription side. JB's rocking the prescription ones. I've got... The readers here. I'm very proud of Mr. Hincap, but we're almost done with this Tour de France. And you and have not lost the Roca readers I that I right gave here. you. Now, I, thought you, I thought you forgot about them and they became my readers. <laughs> well, we can talk about that. You've behaved. Uh, by the way, I want to check on your tooth here in a second. But oh, yeah. uh, uh, they do have the best optics on the market. No other sunglasses compare. Crystal clear, fog resistant, and scratch resistant. 
And if you're like me and you sweat a lot, they will not slip and slide off your I'll face. tell you what, this man puts these things to the test because he's dripping sweat constantly. <laughs> it is it is true. I, I know. Mean, I mean, I ain't ever seen anything like it. I know. And I'm, Every I'm, time I put my hand on your back to wear a photo or something, it's like just this sloppy sweat hand coming off. Right. But but my rokas aren't slipping off. Rokas so it's, so there you go. Solid. Don't touch me. How about that? I don't like when people you touch should me. Touch them in Texas. <laughs> oh, God. Twice as much. Also, hand built in our hometown of Austin, <laughs> Texas. By the way, Austin, love you. Looking forward to getting back down there full time. And, and, and the crew at Roka, man, they train their ass off, too. I don't know if you, fo- if you follow their socials. Obviously, we're talking about how great their glasses are, but man, they, they have a whole gym build out. These, these guys and gals over there, they, they practice what they preach. It's pretty impressive to see. The Move listeners get 20% off. Just go to Roka, that's R O K A dot com, Roka.com. Enter the code The Move for 20% off. Well, Patrick Lefebvre sleeping a little better tonight. It's been a disaster of a tour for Quick Step. Yeah, I mean, they threw until, a- until today. They threw a Hail Mary pass today. Mm, they went from the gun with Casper Azzagreen, uh, former Tour de Flanders winner, incredible cyclist. But they're running out of options. Yeah. And you can see this sort of making desperation moves. And you know what? Today ended up being a super exciting day, albeit I was fighting with Lance all the time. He was trying to watch the, the U.S. Open golf. Uh, um, the Open. The it's Open. In, it's in England. Okay, never mind. Liverpool. That shows you how much I know about golf. But <laughs> the U.S. Point Open is, has happened. We, we we turned on that TV in his office with 15k to go, and you start seeing what I what what did I mention yesterday? It's not no, it's not an easy task at stage 18 of the Tour de France after riding all these mountains to control a breakaway. And you saw those two or three Alpecin Phoenix guys in the front. Uh, one or two uh, Jaco Alula guys, but there wasn't full squads up there. Why? Because everybody's exhausted, and you got a right. breakaway like Casper Azzarine, uh Capronauts, the the two other guys. Those guys can haul ass, and they rode really smartly. They never got more than a minute and forty five seconds, so it gives the the peloton sort of a little bit of a an easier state of mind, thinking ah oh, they're not that far away. We'll get them, but. You give, a, you give a guy like Casper Asgreen and Kaepernick a, a head start, you see how arrow they are? Those right. guys, it's like a team time trial. Right. And we just slowly started thinking 10K to go, these guys may actually make it. There was not much organization. You saw Philippe doing the, the JB move, uh, <laughs> disrupting the, the, the chase. I told these we, guys, this was the only thing I was ever good at yeah, in, you in amateur you, bike racing, is disrupting you, the chase. You yeah. rarely see that in post, <laughs> pro cycling. You see no, it all the time in the amateur cycling, right. but in pro cycling, it's kind of like, not that ethical. Well, you know what? Yeah. It's Alaphilippe. The guy can do what he wants. He's a former world champion. He's won every race he it can work. win. That may so he's made. up there messing up the brake. He's, he's pissing people off. He's getting in their head. They stayed away. It was an incredibly exciting stage. Yeah, that, that's. Um, it, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it was. it's very hard to get four guys together. By the way, they never had more than a minute 45, yeah. right? It, it, a lot of times these breaks, they'll let them you know, slip out there three, four, or five minutes. Minute 45 is nothing. But to get them to agree and work together is very difficult, especially as you start to get closer. Then one guy goes, oh, there's a, you know, in the beginning, we had a 1% chance of making it. As closer they get, now we have a 25% chance of making it. Guys start skipping pulls, sitting on, that disrupts the whole thing. For them to stay together like a true four-man team time trial was pretty awesome. And, awesome. and then Campenarts is, is, um, is, is a time trial beast. I mean, former our record holder. Uh, wins a lot of time trials, so you had guys like that that could drive it. You had two guys from Lotto in there. He's um, got to be the, one of the most aerodynamic guys. Yeah, the in position. The if His you go back and watch the insane. race, he's got this whole thing where he, you know, the brake hoods in and he's so low. But 
Uh, by the way, also Casper Asgreen's a real he no panna cooking, right? It was no. he obviously won Tour of Flanders. Uh, he was, he's been second in Tour of Flanders. He won Kern Brussels Kern. He he's a real man of the classics, which of course uh, Quickstep is is the best there is out there. And not only that, he beat um, uh, Vanderpool in the sprint in the Tour of Flanders. Right. So he's got a very good sprint on him, especially after a hard day like today. Uh, but also Lotto, what a, what an awesome tactical race they rode. They uh, this guy Icarn attacked on the. KOM, 65K to go. Cam Bernard's waited for him. I mean, you don't see things like that in a, a race like the Tour de France where guys are just sort of slipping away from the bunch. They're letting him go. He catches back up to the breakaway. And then now you have, instead of three strong guys, four real strong guys with the same goal to make it to the finish line and working together really well. You know what's funny is is uh, I get this question a lot from folks, and it, it hasn't happened. It almost happened today, but... For, for people who don't watch a lot of cycling, and they'll tune in every now and again, and they'll see the break get away. And they're, again, they don't watch cycling, so they'll see that the break has five minutes. And they're like, oh, this is over. If they continue to watch, I mean, how many times have we seen that break or any break get caught in the last kilometer, right? It happens. And so for the novice fan or the, the, the new fan, they say, how is it that they always catch them right at the end? Yeah. Well, it, I mean, they, and they usually do 90 plus percent of the time they do. It's, it's a, it's a mathematical equation, right? Just how much time do you have to chew back per kilometer? But boy, a day like today, you just don't see it very often that they look how I mean, by the way, the breakaway and the field that was sprinting for, I guess, fifth, same time. Right. There was no gap. So yeah. it was that close so, to your point of disrupting the chase or a guy or two starting to sit on. Uh, that makes all the difference. But they, they timed it perfect. We've talked about this before, but it's been some time. Maybe you can elaborate on is the art of the break. So the in the break, they're getting time checks and they don't want to go too far. You know, there's if they right. keep it within a certain gap, the Peloton's gone. Hey, we got this. We got right. this. So they might have been easing up from time to time just to yeah. keep it within reach. Not might have been. They they definitely were planning that. They rode steady within themselves. They probably made an, an agreement and a pact with probably 50, 60K to go. We're just, we'll ride steady for now. With 15K to go, we, we will all go all in right. together. Four guys, team time trial. And it looked like they all agreed to it because nobody was missing a pull. So you got a group like that with strong guys and, and – uh, Sprinter teams that aren't quite all there. A lot of these guys are running on fumes from getting over the mountains. So they're not all there. They all knew this, and they took advantage of, of that fact and, and uh, pulled off an incredible victory. And, and, and it isn't just the peloton that's getting the time checks. Those four guys up front are getting real-time uh, time gaps to, to the group. So they can feather it, right? And, and if they're starting to pull it back, they can just – and they have to conserve, right? You can't get out there and go that hard, the, you know, four guys the whole race. Like, they – there's a, there's a science, or rather, not even a science. There's there is a science to it, uh, but it's kind of an art form of just of just just keeping it there. And then once the field starts to come, you, you can tell when the the group behind starts to accelerate. Then you have to accelerate. And 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 with all the dynamics that we just talked about in this breakaway, they still would have gotten caught if it wasn't for Victor Campanats, who yeah. let out his teammate from essentially 1,500 meters ago to 500 meters ago. Without that last one kilometer full gas pull, they would have gotten caught. Yeah, you saw they still caught him at the line, but uh, they put he put all of his for the team put all of the faith on Icorn. He ended up getting second place, but incredibly uh, impressive ride by that whole that whole breakaway uh, squad. I thought it was amazing. It was and, and like I keep saying, just really exciting. Mm -hmm. We had a notable non-starter today. Wild Van Art uh, went home. There's been talk and speculation uh, that that he would pull out. His wife is due any day now. 
And his uh, work is done with uh, that seven plus minute gap. Yeah, I, I think if anything speaks to the fact that the tour, uh, from an overall standpoint, is over, that that's your answer. You right? think Wow uh, well, got on the bus like anything else you want from me? Yeah, I'm okay. out. Yeah. And, and what, what else we got coming up in August? A little small race called the World Championship. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. You never know. Maybe he's got the the baby and uh, another thing in his back of his mind. Yeah, that's been the talk yeah. all along. Um. We have to address something from yesterday. Yeah. All right. The con- it was partially this show, partially JB Squared. Just looking at all the emails and comments, we, we have pissed off the, the Jonas Vingago lovers. Hmm. They felt like, and I, and I can hear where they're coming from. I don't think this was our, inten- our intention, but they felt like we were really not giving Jonas the credit he deserved for the win. We were kind of blaming it on Pogachar. Oh, maybe he's sick. Uh, he doesn't have Alan Piper directing anymore. His season wasn't planned out perfectly. And so they're taking it as, man, why are you guys, why are you hating on this, well, this kid who well, just uh, crushed it? Hating would be a little bit strong. I, I mean, I think I've been pretty clear. I mean, I, I've called the, his performances uh, exceptional, extraordinary, uh, dominant. Um, Maybe uh, from another planet. Uh, well, that's that's for <laughs> others to say. Um, but look, the the it doesn't change the fact that Tati Pogacar has her. I'm, if 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 anything, we're being critical of of Tati Pogacar's run up to the tour, uh, the personnel on the team. Though though that's his problem, mm-hmm. right? And, and and that has nothing to do with Jonas Vingago, right? If his job is to show up July first, put the numbers on the back, and be ready. And by the way. Uh, you know, it's, it, uh, that's good. I mean, I always liked it, you know, when, when you'd see a rider show up that was either overweight or had, had a problem that you knew was going to make it easier for you. What, what's the big deal? Uh, but I, I don't want to be, I don't want to take anything away from Jonas Vingago. And, and if that's the impression, boy, I don't know how you say I'm sorry in Danish, but, uh, the, uh hats off to him. I, I think, I thought he rode a hell of a ra- dominant race and, and yeah, we, we, I, if you're watching the same race we are, you have to agree something is up with Pogacar, right? Like, that's not a criticism of Jonas Vingago. Right. Something that is not the same rider of, of last year, which, by the way, he couldn't win last year. And it's certainly not the rider of three or four years ago. So, uh, but that doesn't take anything away from Vingago. He's, right. well, shit, he's winning by seven and a half minutes. I don't know. Miles ahead. Literally. Yeah, I think we were even going to give him the boomstick yesterday and forgot. Okay. <laughs> he, he, we can save gonna, that he, for Saturday. Yeah, no, Maybe for, he'll no, get that he, on Sunday. He's, that's a Sunday boomstick. Look, yeah. I, uh, um, and, and, and the only other thing I will say is I am surprised to, to see such domination. And, but I, don't, I think that's awesome. I love to see somebody go out there and, and, and prove people wrong and, and absolutely destroy the field. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, there's just, no, I mean, you could just looking back how the first two weeks went and the way that how Pogachar was so aggressive from stage one, trying to make a breakaway from the on the top of the last climb on the first stage. And Jonas from stage one was like, I'm good. You know, we're away. I went away from my teammates. He, he came in with a much more calmer approach. And I feel like a much more confident approach. And looking back, it's almost like, you know, they went all in for that time trial. And, and we're going to go all in for that final week. And they put the nail in the coffin uh, yesterday. Yeah. And I think where people got this impression that we weren't giving Jonas the love, you know, part of JB squared was more about, uh, Johan was just trying to explain that once you've won the tour, the tour is the objective. Mm-hmm. Cause I even said, 
what if he hadn't won the tours any the two previous tours and look at the season three classics and second in in the Tour de France everyone would have been going most amazing season ever but if you've won the tour before yeah. that's all that matters I agree. Was, yeah. was the point that Johan was trying to make I agree we can talk more about that later um but uh well, that that's, that's that's also that's also a, a um an indication of the way they set up their team I mean Jumbo has a team for the classics and they have a team for the tour. They have some overlap, but they, there's no pressure on, on uh, a guy like Jonas getting results early in the season. UAE, on the other hand, they got Pogachar. Of course they have some really good riders, but Pogachar is the only guy that can win, you know, from the start of the season to the end of the season. So I feel like there's a bit more pressure on, on Pogachar, but they need to start making decisions on, you know, if they want to only go for the tour de France, mm. maybe get a couple more classic riders, get, you know, get the pressure off Pogachar. But and the pressure from both. the sponsor. Like, and the pressure from the sponsor. That's what also Johan was trying to clarify. It's like, to UAE, this is the biggest stage in the Tour de France. Right. right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Um, it is. Uh, by far. <laughs> they want to. And, and we're, we're going to show a clip at the end of the show here about uh, something that we found interesting, just about the viewership numbers around uh, the Tour de France, how many people uh, watch the race on television worldwide. So stay tuned for that. And, the, and of course, our follow-up thoughts on that. I have a lot of thoughts on that one. But before we do, and as you just heard, George likes to make fun of me because I do sweat. I go out there and I, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I mean, I just, although I sweat less now than, than I used to, um, you get fitter and follow me here and you lose a little weight and it, things are easier, right? So I, I'm actually sweating less than than normal, um, but when I but, it, but nonetheless I sweat a lot. But how do I replace it? I replace it with Element. It's my go-to rehydration source. It's amazing. The brand is blowing up. You're seeing it everywhere now. Thousand uh, milligrams of sodium, two hundred milligrams of potassium, sixty milligrams of magnesium. No sugar, no gluten, no artificial BS in it. It is amazing. Our listeners can get a free Element sample pack with any order when you head on over to drinklmnt.com/slash/the-move. One more time, that's drinklmnt.com slash the move. And you get your sweat on and get your start replacing. Also today brought to you by HVMN, our presenting sponsor, the makers of Ketone IQ. They were the first to make a drinkable ketone back in 2017. Ketone IQ is their latest innovation on ketones with improved effectiveness, taste, and cost. By the way, we should have asked Michael. I wonder if that's why I sweat more. That could have been a... a, a I'm looking for excuses on why so. I sweat. I, look, I, I don't like that. I mean, it's a little embarrassing. But uh, uh, Ketone IQ also delivers clean fuel that can cross the blood-brain barrier, supplying your brain and body sustained energy, mental focus, and sharpness, putting you in flow, lasting for hours. You can save 30% off your first subscription order of Ketone IQ at hvmn.com slash the move. Again, that's hvmn.com slash the move. Last one of the day. Today's show brought to you by Helix Sleep. Boy, you should have seen my sleep score this morning. So between my, my eight sleep cover and but my mattress, which I've, I've been sleeping on the Helix Sleep mattress for years now. It's been well over two years. It's been, it's been a game changer for me. It, the fully customized mattress. I went on and took their two-minute sleep quiz, talked about the characteristics of my sleep, and they make the, order, the, the mattress uh, custom. And so it's, it, it's special for me. Uh, I know George, you've been sleeping on it just just almost the same amount of time, um, and I'm you know 
even though you're a little crankier this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, we, we, everybody here at the We Do Studio noticed how well you slept because you came to the studio in your pajamas this morning. <laughs> you got to take your pajama <laughs> pants gonna, off, which you guys got to see. We, we're going to get to some that. point. We're going to uh, get to that in a second. Today. Uh, but the Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, luxury models, mattresses for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. And they also just introduced the newest, most high-end collection called Helix Elite. That sounds like something George would like. Um, by the way, don't take our word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress by GQ and Wired magazines. They also have over 12,000 five-star reviews. Helix Sleep is offering up to 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash the move. That's helixsleep.com slash the move. All right, let's get this out of the way. I know everybody... Uh, and, you know, I was talking about Karate Kid yesterday, and, and this has nothing to do with with any of that, right? Um, um, but I got busted. I was just leaving the house. This morning. By the way, look, I don't really give a shit anyways, whatever, how, what I look like. And we're sitting at a desk. So it's one of these things like, you know, I, I, you know, I like to wear the we-do shirt or the hat or whatever. But downstairs, who gives a shit? Like, I could wear a, a, a grape smuggler. I just don't. It doesn't matter. Nobody's going to see it. A grape smuggler. And, and, and look what the team did to me today. I was just minding my own business. Oh. Fuck off. <laughs> going Miyagi, on? Mr. Miyagi pants. Bell bottom look, high water. Look, Let's go. HR chases me uh, down the hallway. Look at this. Show me uh, sunglasses. Yeah. Good, Danielson. Show me door open. I mean, that, that is just, I've got my AG1 in hand. I'm just minding my own business. But here's the thing. All right. These are so comfortable. I don't even know why I have, somebody sent me these pants and I just put them on this morning. I was like, yes. If someone sent you pants, you would remember who sent you pants. No, have you seen how much shit shows up in this house? <laughs> That's it's, true. He's it, an exception to that. It's, it's yeah. It's just. <laughs> I appreciate y'all just capturing those moments. I summed it up best. I knew y'all were messing with me, and I just was minding my own business, and I just said y'all can. You, you heard what I said. We're going to show another thing just for fun before we look at tomorrow, um, and this is a social clip that I think has been sent to all of us to kind of get your brain around how popular the Tour de France is. Guess the top five most watched sporting events. I feel like I could do this. I think you can too. World Cup is number one. That's number two. Shocking. Are you sure? Yep. It's the Olympics count? Yes, the Olympics count. Where is that? Which one? These Summer Olympics. Summer Olympics is number four. Winter Olympics. Winter Olympics is number five. Super Bowl. Super Bowl is not on there. Damn it. Is it a championship over in soccer? The only thing is World Cup for soccer. Can't be cricket. Cricket World Cup is number three. Cricket World Cup. 2.6 billion viewers. The other one, rugby? No. Well, it's not an American sport. It's a worldwide sport, but the event doesn't take place in America. I don't even know what other sports there are. You want me to tell you? Yeah. Tour de France. 3.5 billion viewers. Bam. Yeah. That's, um... I, I, yeah, I'm curious. I, I'd love to see where those numbers come from. We know the the event is viewed around the world, right? And and um, you see it, especially when you're at the tour, you see all of the different countries represented and all the different networks that have bought the rights that are there. And so, all the streaming options we have now right. as opposed to 20 years ago. But here's the thing, all right? <clears throat> if you look at that list and you look at, and I'm going to just, I'm going to make this all about money, Right. If you look at all of those other events, two through five, and, and we're not even, Super Bowl wasn't even on there, right? NBA Finals wasn't on there. The World Series wasn't on there. 
Look at the amount of money that is invested and involved in that sport. Why? And you look at cycling, right? So there's, there's guys out here riding around in the Tour de France that are making less than six figures, right? That makes absolutely no sense, right? right? If, if those numbers are right, uh, we have a problem. And, 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 and I have talked a lot about this and how this sport needs to reimagine and restructure uh, and, and, and give riders more power. Well, obviously give more riders more. I, well, I would argue also, I think, um, and I think about this a lot, I think the first thing to do is to give team owners more power. The fact that there's no uh, franchise model, there's no equity built in this sport. You look at the, if, 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 let's just pretend for a second that those numbers are real. Three and a half billion viewers around the world. That's half of the world. How are, how are these not actual franchises just like the Dallas Cowboys or just like the New York Yankees, right? You know what, you know what equity there is in cycling? The only equity in cycling, and, and you, we've read the reports that Patrick Lefevre is, is, is uh, um, interested or is um, in, uh, thinking about selling his, his uh, stake in Quickstep. And it should be worth in the billions. But it's worth, it's basically, well, it's only worth whatever existing contracts you have in place from your title sponsor, your supporting sponsors, all of these. That's it. That is the only equity. Anybody can enter the this World game. Cup license. And, and but is, just yeah. is peanuts, right? So um, I, I think we should take a step back, franchise this whole thing, make, make the teams or the franchises, uh, put them up for whether it's an auction or, or some sort of number and you own the franchise and you build the team. And I think it's crazy. And so that's what I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, there's no, there's no question that there's a, uh, a real intricate value in marketing for, for these companies um, like AG2R, companies that want to promote their products on a global stage. But like you said, Lance, there is no franchise value. Right. And I that's mean, a major problem. You've been a part of a development team, I know, and you a pro-continental team. And it's like, you, you were throwing everything at it for the love of the sport, not for money. Right. And I think if you, if, I think if there is real value put into the franchises, I think that trickles down to the riders and the staff and everybody. And that, you know, obviously it, it, cycling is very different, right? If you compare to, to the NFL, which of course we, a lot of us watch mostly here in the U S and you compare that to the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones, is a genius, right? Let's not be mistaken about the Dallas Cowboys for $180 million. People thought he was crazy. And it, the team is, is the most valuable sports franchise in the world. But he also owns the stadiums. He owns the practice facilities. He owns all the real estate around it. So that is different. But nonetheless, just his stake and his equity in that star in the Dallas Cowboys is is worth billions of dollars. And um, I, th I think we have to look at that. And, and I, you know, that falls on the way the UCI wants to manage the sport. It also falls on ASO, how they want to manage the biggest event in the world. They, they are so controlling when it comes to that event. And because they control that event, they also control the sport. There has to be some change. And, and uh, I, I, I'm talking about it. I think it's a long ways off, if never. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we've been talking about this for many years and there hasn't been much change. Yeah. All right, let's take a look at tomorrow. This isn't over yet. You know, well, it's almost not, over. Not, uh, the, 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 yes. Uh, well, to, uh, you guys give me your thoughts on tomorrow. I think it's the next day that's going to be a little more challenging. Look, this is a lumpy stage. I mean, the, you potentially could see another. We are going to see another breakaway. It could potentially make it to the end. Um, and JB, you, you guys were mentioned earlier. Uh, how many teams have not won a stage? 
There's really, I mean, of the ones that are, that uh, I sort of think about it in the way that what teams had not won a stage that if they were to leave as so, they would be wildly disappointed. The last one was really quick step. I mean, now we're left with teams that, um, that knew they, there was no guarantee. A quick step sort of going in felt like, well, at least win a stage. Now you're, you're down to, to other teams that, you know, some were happy. A, it's to get, a long shot. Yeah, some were happy Not to expected. just get the invite, get get to the to the big stage. But a quick step was the last of the ones that really had to win a stage. All Still right. going to be a lot of desperation amongst the, the teams that have not, um, which is going to make the racing crazy aggressive from the start, which, as we see in the profile, is super lumpy. Very it's lumpy. It's going to be a tough start tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Never flat tomorrow. And then a tough one on Saturday. I mean, it's almost over, right? But it, it is, is uh, as we know, you got to ride all the way to you got Jonas Vingago has to get through Paris. So he has to stay. He's not going to lose the tour on, on power or, or on skill or on. on on what he's done so far, but you still got to get there. It's just it's just a question of being safe. If it's a breakaway day this late in the tour, good reason to listen to uh, outcomes. I'm super curious. These yeah. are the days they they're just masters yeah. at. You know, Spencer. I'd, I'd be shocked if it wasn't a breakaway day. Tomorrow. You know, Spencer picked Felix Gall the other day. Mm-hmm. Right? He just this is this yeah. is where it could pay off really big on a five dollar bet. If you want to do that, go to WeDo.Team Season Pass. Uh, today's Ventum Trivia, GS1. We're going to be giving away, I'm sorry, an NS1 road bike uh, in just, just a few days here. Um, yesterday's question was, who was the first American to win the Tour de France? That, of course, was Greg LeMond. Today's question, who is this year's youngest rider? This year's youngest rider. Oh, in, in the entire tour? In the entire tour. Look it up, send it in, email your mm-hmm. answer to trivia at ventumracing.com. And you'll go in the drawing for that uh, NS1. Yep. All right. A couple questions for you guys. This, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, after stage 17, Johan mentioned how cycling is the most beautiful sport. I'm sure your listeners agree. But as I drove uh, on my normal commute, my mind was wandering to how Johan thinks of other sports. So to that ask, what would it be? What would it be like to take to get like a JB squared, add Lance and, and George, and simulcast a podcast with the four of you, watching a single inning of baseball? I suspect <laughs> Johan would be unable to make heads nor tails of how <laughs> Americans get so excited about our national pastime. Right. That's a funny scenario. That's from Jeff in Maine. Yeah, I can't watch a lot of baseball. I can't uh, either. I, I like. I, I, well, I'll tune into the World Series, but boy, a regular season game. You know, game number forty-two of the team, two last place teams. No, thank you. But it's just no. a funny twist on the intricacies of this sport that yeah. that Yuan knows better than anybody. Right. Like if we made him sit down and watch American football, he would yeah. be asking yeah. just the most rookie questions, yeah. and it would be funny to yep. explain. Yep. Uh, here's another one. Um, uh, someone who embodies all these qualities uh, is Johan. Sorry, I cut it. It was a little short there. Do Lance and George think they could have won seven tours to France if Johan left the team after two wins? That's a great scenario. Uh, they go on to say, you know, was it something special about Johan? That's all, all the best from Sam in Richmond, UK. Well, so I'm assuming that's in relative or or, or in relation to how we were talking about Pogacar not having Alan Piper, which, of course, he did have uh, right by his side for the first two tours. 
George, do you even want to answer that question? or Because if you do, I'd like for, to ask you to go first. Sure. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think uh, Johan was the master tactician, um, not only throughout the, the stages um, when he made the plan, but also in the pre-planning to get to decide which guys would actually do the tour. I mean, for instance, for example, even though I was part of all seven, I was never guaranteed a spot in the tour. And Johan made it very clear. Of course, it, would, it was insulting at times, but he wanted to always make sure that I would be 100% ready to work for Lance and that I was fit enough to be at the tour. And he would always make, make it clear that it was not a guarantee, even though I had been part of so many um, from the last one that he won. So I don't think we would have won seven without him. That's hilarious. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did not. Many times he'd call me, like, hey, you know, you know there's no guarantee, huh? I go, fuck, you I've been part of like five, have, six years. That, that is still not guaranteeing what's me. The, do you remember like the latest you got the notification that you're going to the tour? I mean, like two you know, weeks, a month, two months, three months. I have no clue. I, that's probably probably about a month. <coughs> about a month. I, uh, yeah. That I don't believe he, I, I believe he said that. I don't believe he thought that. I think that was, that <laughs> you have was, to ask him on JB's. That's part. hilarious. No, that's good. <clears throat> Look, I mean, that the, uh, there's, it would have been uh, very difficult. And uh, he was obviously a, a very close friend of mine, and, and as you all know, still to this day is. Um, but it would have been a real struggle. And just, I mean, you can take strategy and motivation out of it. I mean, it's the buildup, as George said. It's it's just the the structure of the season, the the and his his real his true commitment. Like the guy was, it, and and you see it when you listen to the show. I mean, the way he follows the sport now. He's not even in the sport as a director. But imagine if he was, it, it, it would be 10x. It, there was, he was unmatched. It, it would be the same as, as uh, you know, if Bill Pelichek left the Patriots, you know, at the height of the uh, Brady's run, it would be different. It'd be difficult, right? He's, uh, Belichick is the greatest of all time. And Johan Bruniel is the greatest of all time. And, and, and Alan Piper is, uh, is amazing too. So you take those types of minds and presences, right? It's, it's also just about the presence, whether it's a, a stern, motivating presence, or whether it's a calming presence, you take that away, and the entire dynamic changes. It would it would have been very, very difficult. I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have wanted to think about it. Yeah, as you said, you did whatever he said, whatever I came did. in your earpiece. Yeah, That's, that was the game plan. Yeah, no, I was I was very coachable, JB. <laughs> All right, if you have a question, there's just a handful of remaining shows, but we'd love to hear from you. And uh, maybe until we get to the women's tour, uh, yeah, that's right. To the France Femme of Egg Zwift, our second year doing that, yep. and it kicks off the day the men end in Paris. So, yeah, more to come. The move at we do. Team, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in.